we're back. I don't know what episode this is. I keep losing count. 79. There it is. It's a lot. It's a lot. 79. Getting close to the end of the year. We're almost there. 79th episode. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. I am one of your co-hosts, George Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Ricky Liorti. In this episode, we had the lovely Nicole Creamy on. Uh, if you don't know Nicole Creamy, she recently published a book entitled Patty and the Pandemic, which was featured uh, with Doug Ford on uh, CP24. She sold thousands of copies already. Uh, it's a children's book just describing the pandemic. She's also an accomplished artist, and she's, uh, she's honestly just a, an amazing person. We had such a great conversation uh, about the book, what she's done, how she did it, self-published, and, and all those fun things. So definitely recommend you listen to this. And Georgie, who are our sponsors? Well, our first one is our good pal, Anthony Mila. Anthony, I hope you're doing well, buddy. <laughs> the current pandemic has brought about many new challenges for businesses, but also presented new opportunities. Now more than ever, guys, it's important for your business to be digital with some kick-ass social media and a fantastic website. Our sponsor and good friend, Anthony Mila and at High Rise Market specializes in helping you bring your business to life digitally, ensuring you can operate successfully no matter the challenges the world throws at us. Guys, go check out their website. High Rise kills it. It's www.highrisemkt.com or at highrisemkt on socials. Or follow Anthony too, at anthony.mila. Thanks, Anthony. I want to give another shout out to our sponsors, Tight Knit Clothing. Guys, Tight Knit's all about friends, family, and fashion. It was inspired by hip hop in the city of Toronto street and the street culture. They make streetwear for everyone and anyone, and you know they always keep it tight knit. Check them out. Their products are amazing. You can find them at www.tightknitclothing. That's knit with a K, in case you can't spell. Tight, K-N-I-T clothing.com or at tightknitclothingco on socials. And my boy, Rick, LFG. Let's go. I love the fact that the couch doesn't squeak anymore. It makes me so happy. Every time I would sit down, it would it's start a the episode with a squeak. Those little victories in life. And Nicole, we're going to hit you with a good one right off the bat. And shout out to Anthony Mila, one of our, our good buddies. He he asked us to uh, to ask you this one. Oh, no. Do you, have any- do you, do you know what it is? <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm nervous. It's my it's my brother-in-law. Until, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. We uh we heard that you were in Mean Girls. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, what was that like? You know, Mean Girls is... Push, sorry, push the mic a little oh. bit closer. Yeah. Just like slide. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So what was it like being in Mean Girls? Arguably one of the biggest movies of the 2000s. It's what? 2005, 2010? What's the term like um, cult cult favorite or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. (laughs) I mean, everybody knows every single phrase from that movie for sure. What's the date in that movie? It just happened recently. It's October 3rd. Yes. October 3rd. October 3rd. When she looks back, she asks the date. She goes, or the guy, the the heartthrob looks back at... um, Lindsay Lohan goes, what day is it today? It's October 3rd. It's like, I told him it was October 3rd. <laughs> the best day of her life. What, what was yeah, it like? I yeah. about us, but uh, yeah. Oh. That was, it was fun. I mean, I was very young, maybe like eight years old at the time. Oh, and wow. I was the only kid on set. So I just had free reigns over everything and could do whatever I wanted, which was a great time. 
Um, and yeah, like back then, really, everyone wasn't that famous yeah. or at least if they were, I mean, eight year old Nicole didn't really care. Yeah. So <laughs> it was pretty chill, to be honest. I mean, my only job was to stand in front of a TV and dance to milkshakes. And then the rest of the day, I got to watch everybody else film and like rap, like the whole Kevin G rap and everything was really cool. So what, um, what role did you play in it? So I was the little girl. So Regina George, the lead character, like the queen bee mean yeah, girl. Yeah, that's Rachel McAdams. Yeah. 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 I was her little sister. No. Yeah. That's so a pretty. I remember that scene. Do you can actually? I swear to hey, God, in, this in the house, George, can you actually superimpose a picture of that? Like, yes. <laughs> wait, wait. When, you're in, that, when you're in the house. It's yeah. In the house. Yeah, I'm in the house. I legitimately. I remember a few scenes in that movie. I remember that scene. Because doesn't really? the mom come yeah. out and say something? Yeah, she's like, hey, 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 who's ready for their hump day tree? And then you just see me like dancing. <laughs> that yes. is great. So it's not like, I mean, you're not like a starring role, but it's something people would recognize. It's, an, it's not like, you know, like someone just walking in the background. Yeah, exactly. It's really funny because like, it's literally just so quick, but it's an oddly memorable <laughs> scene where yeah, if yeah. I tell people, then they automatically know. And I've even <laughs> had, yeah, like one time I went to, <laughs> one time I went to a Japanese restaurant for sushi and then the lady was like, you were the little girl in Mean Girls. Wait, no. what? I swear to God, I was in like grade 12 and I was so confused. Like, how do you know you that? Recognize me? Yeah, no, it, it was weird. <laughs> it was that's weird. so, you still look, I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. No, we're I gonna, don't gonna look pull the it up. same. Yeah, that's We're going to pull up. George is actually going to edit this video. Remember from eight years old to like grade 12, you're 17-ish? Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah, no, it's a huge. I she mean, must be a diehard Mean Girl fan. <laughs> She's watched that video every Friday for the last twelve years. <laughs> every October third, she rewatches it. <laughs> you know what? That is a funny movie. I haven't seen it in a while. Do you know what's crazy? Last though? time we saw Lindsay Lohan was in Meganos and did not. Should we tell that story? Well, she was, was dancing. It was like, do you remember was, the, the video that went viral? She was wearing like a silver outfit dancing. Yeah. So we saw her like a week before that at the same. No club way. At her like Lohan Beach Club. Um, yeah, we saw her. She, I mean. Didn't kind of look the same yeah. as in that video and it's like you know kind of a long way removed from Mean Girls yeah Definitely. they were recording that uh, she had a TV show what was it called it was Lohan like big, no something like a Big Brother or like reality show it was talking about her life right yeah, 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 yeah. it was her life in Mykonos and like the crew and running the club in Mykonos so I was about so we got to the bar we had the table right beside there was we had this massive like cabana and beside us was an empty cabana we we're in one of the best cabanas in the in the place so we're like, oh, like, imagine if she came here. How cool would that be, right? Like just yeah. jokingly saying that. Maybe <laughs> two hours later, we're partying. We're having a good time. Like a massive crew walks in. Turns out it's Lindsay Lohan. You got to see cameras rolling in. We're like, yeah. Okay, yeah. Something's going on. So then her. No, they were there again, for you, yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pals. No, this is before the pals were invented. <laughs> so they, uh, they came over with a bunch of shots. Like the guys from their, I guess, crew came over with shots. And they started chatting with us. And we have to sign. Um, and uh, release waivers. the release parts and one of our buddies GB2 is like I'm gonna sign that no 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was funny we had That's a good time funny. I was, was joking good. but then they invited us out that night we didn't end up going for some reason but uh, that was a fun that was a fun yeah. night we were seeing Lindsay Lohan in person yeah, yeah it's funny because when we googled when you gave me your website I, I googled it and I didn't type in the website so when you google your name like the first thing that comes up is like Mean Girl yeah, yeah. which is pretty crazy <laughs> yeah it's really interesting for my <laughs> medical career <laughs> like my boss looks me up. I'll never forget. I'd been working with the same boss for like two years, two and a half years, just doing research, like very sciencey things. And then sciencey, <laughs> sciencey. <laughs> it's just like very serious. Oh, and then one day 
he calls me into his office and he's like, what's this? And there's just me as a kid, like lifting up my top. And it was like all over the news. He's like, someone forwarded this to me because they recognize that you were in the lab. And I was like, oh my goodness. Is this considered unprofessional? No. He's going to follow you through your whole career. He's going to climb the medical ladder. It really will. But that's got to be like a good, when you have your medical interviews um, or your MCAT interviews, I think cause the personality trait, the personality parts are a big part of that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's got to be a cool, fun thing. Like they say, you know, what's something that you did in your childhood or something? I don't know. Did that ever come up in any? Um, I don't think it's, I've brought it up in like interviews specifically. <laughs> I flashed but, the TV as a kid. And I, but and usually it's something that they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. That's awesome. It's something interesting. It's a fun fact. I think it's always cool when someone like, especially down the road, like, you know, you're like practicing medicine. It's like, you know, some, do something crazy. Like, yeah, I was in a, I was in yeah, a it's like, why not? No one would star. expect it. Yeah, 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 yeah we yeah. had uh, one of our buddies came on recently, Blake Cronin. Shout out Blake. And he uh, he went to school with Daniel Radcliffe. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. That's he's a like he fact. casually mentioned it towards the end of the episode. He's like, "Yeah, I went to uh, I went to school with Harry Potter." And we're like, "Like, like, what do you mean? You went to school? Like, you went to Hogwarts or something?" <laughs> he was like, what? "Yeah, I went to Hogwarts." I'm like, yeah, he's like, "I went to Hogwarts." We're like, "Hey, look, wait, what?" He's like, "Yeah, you know, like the actor who played Harry Potter." We're like, obviously, we know Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, like we don't live under yeah. a rock. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I went to school with him." We're like. But he said Hogwarts. We're like, hey, you didn't go to Hogwarts. <laughs> but Blake, we love you, buddy. So yeah, he went yeah. to school with Daniel Radcliffe. That's and what so was the cool. story? He, he's got no, he's got four, a yearbook for yeah, him. Yeah, yearbook for him or something. Or something sports like that? Or he yeah. arm wrestled him or something. Something like that. Something I can't like remember. Blake or Butcher. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> but obviously, so you didn't continue with your acting career. Wait, have, did you do any other TV oh, shows, I movies, mean, or anything? Oh, did you? Sorry, I did like smaller movies and TV shows and like commercial kind of things, but like nothing else that people would recognize me for now. Okay, right? Okay, yeah. Is this something you got into? Like, if because you were like you enjoyed it when you were young, like were you someone that enjoyed acting? You just came uh, up. Like, how did that? I mean, I thought it was fun, but mostly just because they had like the snack truck on set, and I thought it was awesome. But <laughs> that's you, eh, Georgie? <laughs> Seriously, George, first time I, I actually I, I got to star in. Uh, actually, I got not act. I got to star in a commercial once. Oh, and I never heard this. The, the Super Bowl one. Oh, the Super Bowl one. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. I was in a Super Bowl commercial. I actually had lines. It was crazy. I never acted nothing. <laughs> but the best part was. Like on set, food everywhere. I like when I'd be like waiting for my shot. I'd be like, I wouldn't act like a diva, but I'd be like in the back, just eating. They'd be like, "All right, George, you're up, you're on set." I'd be like, "Hold on, Let's take my time eating, and then we'll go up to the set." I'm like, "All right, I'm here, guys. Don't worry." Priorities. It was really fun. It was that it was actually filmed at Parts and Labors. It was in a restaurant, so like they were. Anyways, oh, it was cool. Then. So I agree. That's really cool. And the snack truck actually is like it's like a candy factory basically. You like go like, in. My man was like, "Yo, can I take some?" No, you home? can like walk up and you're like the guy's saying like, "What do you want?" And they just like drawers of candy. Well, it's called, probably a Bud Light commercial. It was probably one it of was the pretty cool ones too. It was fun. What was other cool. what kind of commercials did you do? Um, oof, I'm trying to think. I done like a KFC commercial once. GB two. One of our buddies. He loves KFC. <laughs> oh really? Loves it. We were at the cottage last last no, year, two years ago. Yeah, two, two years ago. So one of our buddies slaved like all day, made this like nice piece of lamb, had the sous vide going. And he's so excited to feed us this lamb. So it's dinner time, six o'clock. Our buddy rolls in with like a bucket, two, family two pack. 20, like two 20 piece buckets of KFC. And that's all we ate. We yeah. didn't touch the <laughs> lamb. That Shout out that's always how it goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eating dessert before the dinner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the best. Well, I guess transitioning. So did any, how, how did Nicole, eight years old, starring in Mean Girls, end up writing a kid's book, Patty and the Pandemic? I'm going to grab it. Thank you. How did, um, how did this happen? Well, many things kind of led to it. I mean, when I was younger, I always liked writing just kind of for myself. I liked art and everything too. And then, I mean, 
now with the pandemic, just like everybody else, I had a lot more time on my hands, unfortunately. And for me, education is something that's like very close to my heart. And I think it's very empowering and comforting and everything just to kind of understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I realized that that wasn't something that these little kids that are like three to eight years old really had the opportunity to have because first of all, they were sent home from school. And then second of all, the things that I was reading about COVID-19 were like peer reviewed articles yeah. that had been written by scientists. So I was like, there's no chance a three-year-old is going to be able to understand this. So I wanted to create something that was fun, that made people a little less afraid and mm -hmm. that also kind of filled in that knowledge gap. So Very it cool. kind of just seemed like a natural thing to do since I love writing and I love art. And yeah, wow. I mean, the idea really Pat, actually... Sorry to cut you off. There's, I saw the back. Patty loves playing with her pals. Oh! oh. <laughs> so it's going to sell a million copies. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, actually, that's that. a big thing about the book is that everyone that reads the book is one of Patty's pals. I never even realized that wow. when I was coming here. You're on the Pals podcast. We're on yeah. brand right now. Perfect. Patty's Pals podcast. Sorry, I cut you off there. You can jump <laughs> back in. It. George, that was a great one. I just, yeah. the word, I just saw the word pals. I noticed. I can't believe like I didn't realize that. Well, yeah. So the whole thing is actually like Patty's pals walking through her journey of the pandemic and like defeating the bad bug with her. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And. Like how, I mean, I've never, I don't think I've met anybody person that's done a book, never mind a book, like a, a kid's book, which is really cool because you do the illustration and the writing, but like how long does it take to come up with an idea like this and like then slowly start sketching it? Like what's the process of doing something like this? Um, well, so the idea actually one day I was having a bonfire with my family and then, cause I mean COVID, that's all you do. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just like, we should make something to teach this to the kids. And then I was thinking about art. And at the time I had been doing a bunch of art about like positivity and trying to reach out to people and get them a little bit in a better mood because mm -hmm. everyone was a little bit down back in April. Um, and then I was just thinking, okay, what if I made like this cool character that defeated this bad bug? And then we were sitting there at the bonfire kind of just talking about it and creating all these different theories. And then I went inside and literally within the span of 30 minutes wrote up the first draft. Um, and I was really? just sitting there and like, you could hear me from the kitchen, just like laughing. I was like, guys, I got a good one <laughs> when I thought of it. Cause all the, all the lines are rhyming. Right. So whenever I thought of like a good rhyme, I'm like, Oh, I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously it went through many, many revisions yeah, and course. it's very different now than it was then. But the initial thing was just kind of like this spark of like passion and just, yeah. it was honestly just a fun thing to do. I never really thought I would make it into a hard copy book that people would then be holding in their classrooms and homes. That's very, very cool. Thanks. And then, sorry, then the illustrations part and all this stuff, like, is it? Well, everything's done by her. No, no, I know that. But, like, how long did it take you to do all this? Like, okay, let me ask this. What was easier? Because you did both the writing and the illustration. What did you find easier? Like, how much more do you naturally? And what did you enjoy doing more? Was it making the rhymes? Was it doing the illustrations? Ooh. Um, I'd say the illustration. Actually, no, no, the writing came naturally. Okay. The illustrations weren't because if you were to see my artwork, it is the polar opposite. It's all like abstract oil paintings and things like that. I'd never drawn cartoons in my life. Okay. Um, well, I tried drawing cartoons as a kid and I was terrible at it. So I remember when I had to design a character, suddenly I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> so that was something I actually had to like watch YouTube tutorials and like Google like traits that cartoons should have and things like that. Um, okay. So I like the process of designing a character and then using watercolor paint rather than oil paint mm -hmm. um, and then making it digital and then using like Adobe and everything. I'd never used Adobe. So so you did everything, like, laid it all out, like all I did the stuff. everything, even from like scanning the artwork, editing it really? on Photoshop and then formatting it in InDesign. And then I even wow. found my own printer, chose out the paper I wanted. 
And then now I'm even packaging and distributing. Honestly, it oh, so you did like this oh. is insane. All of it. Wow, <laughs> it's way too much. <laughs> how okay? How long did this. the whole process take? Like start to finish. Like first idea at the bonfire. Yeah. To having the first copy in your hand. So bonfire April first copy in my hand September 25th ish. Wow. Yeah, pretty, but like, about five pretty, months. Pretty yeah. long time, yeah. Well, there like, was a two like month. It seems pretty fast for to make a book in that time, but yeah. Like five months is still a good amount of time to put into a project. Well, the funny part is, is that midsummer, once things started getting better, I actually just stopped the book. I had done half the illustrations and I was like, you know what? COVID's on its way out. Things are going to go back to normal. There's no need for this book anymore. And I just kind of was surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I was right. (laughs) But then, so I stopped for a two month period and I just kind of went back to just focusing on school and everything like that. And then people started talking about how they were hesitant about sending their kids to school. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. You need to like put the really put a this. yeah. So then I kind of rushed it the last like month and a half, two months in order to get it out when kids got back to school. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I see here, hundred percent of profits from this book will be donated to charity supporting children's health and/or education. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Which um, which charities are you working with, or which I guess uh, foundations? So I ended up just settling on one foundation called. So at the time when I had printed it, I was still trying to like talk to different people and see who wanted to get involved and which charities we would include based on that. Um, so at the end of the day, I ended up just settling on a charity called Face the Future Foundation. Face the Future. Okay. And the thing about Face the Future Foundation is it's actually founded by one of my mentors. Um, so he's someone that I look up to a lot in the medical field. Dr. And then he's Peter, Peter Adamson. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So he's absolutely wonderful. And he helped me actually edit the book throughout the entire process. Like he's a doctor, but he was not only giving me medical advice for the book, but we would sit there like rhyming together, which was really, <laughs> really great. Um, and so face the future foundation, essentially they send physicians from around the world to developing countries and they perform like life-saving or life-changing surgeries for those kids for free. So usually these oh, wow. kids wouldn't have access to that. Would this be similar to like a doctors without borders type thing? Yeah. Okay. Precisely. It's just that this is mostly facial reconstructive surgeries wow. and like burn victims and things like that. Wow. Yeah. And sorry, I, uh, I hope you don't mind me asking your line of work, like what specific type of, uh, like health medicine sciences are are you in specifically? So I'm in medical school right now. Right. So once I graduate, I'll be a doctor, but then you do residency, which is specializing. And then when I specialize, I'm thinking I probably want to do something similar to what the physicians in this charity do. Okay. Which is why it's something that's so personal to me and that I'm passionate about. Like I'd love to be on one of these mission trips one day and then know that like, Hey, this book that I made many, many years ago funded one of these. Right. That is pretty cool. Actually. It is amazing. So you, so yeah, they kind of transits, but also like when you say your mentor as well, it's like, I guess there's before this book even happened, it's just kind of the line of work you want to go into. Yeah. Which kind of tied hand in hand. Exactly. Okay. Very cool. And it's got to be super cool to be able to hold this in your hand. Like knowing that this was a, essentially a COVID project oh, actually yeah. about COVID too. And you know, it came from an idea that just with your family hanging out, just relaxing, doing nothing because that's all we could do back in <laughs> April. And you took the time and did this and. You're, you are helping kids understand it because I just keep thinking, try to explain this to a four-year-old. Why, you know, little Michael can't go play with, you know, his neighbor, Johnny. You know, <laughs> you kids can't play outside anymore. Yeah. Can't go outside. Can't, yeah. You guys can't high-five anymore. You know, like you see that, remember that meme back a couple months kids ago? Running at each oh, those two other. kids running together each other and that. they hug? How do you tell a kid you can't do that anymore? I know. Well, think of your own childhood too. Like that's all I would do. I was always hugging my friends, always having. I would grab doorknobs and lick my. I'd lick doorknobs and like, yeah. I'm thinking like when I when I got home from school every day. I was like, I would like never wash my hands. I never wash my hands, but like you you wash it when you got in. Yeah. 
when you got in, okay, so you got home from school, you dropped off your stuff. First thing you do is run down the street, knock on whoever's door, shake hands, exactly. give yeah. kids high fives, and you still hey, go eat your lunch and everything. My neighbor was Fabrizio. Knock, knock. Is Fabrizio home? Okay, we're gonna play street hockey. Tell him to come outside. You run down there. Is Joseph Marcucci? <laughs> I, I even use a lot. Joseph Marcucci. Shout out him. Is Joseph home? Okay, tell him to come outside. We'll be up the street. Knock down. There were six of us on my on my street growing up, and we'd play street hockey until it got dark, whatever time that was, in the winter, five thirty, whatever. Yeah. Summer times till eight, and oh, pick up the stick, put tennis ball here, net. Don't think about whatever. that. You don't think anything about it. You and you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to because in reality, we never used to. Before, back then, it was more about like dirt and germs. <laughs> that we never worried had to worry about getting sick about with like something like this. Yeah. yeah. So trying to explain this to um, anyone under the age of twelve, borderline impossible. But this, you know, what's interesting. And maybe uh, obviously, obviously, I haven't read the whole thing covered her, but it's interesting because. You know, hope for this pandemic is not here forever. But right now, it's relevant because it's current. Mm-hmm. But one day, this can be viewed as like a child's like history book, kind of. Right. Yeah. That's what really gets me. And actually, a lot of people have purchased the book, even if they had had a baby during the pandemic or they had like a one-year-old during the pandemic, because they're saying that. And they've asked me to like sign and I'll write like a nice little message for their kid to read when they get older. Wow. And the idea is that they're saying, you know, my kid was born in a very, very different time. And like, usually you have a baby, your family's at the hospital room seeing you, you bring the baby home, everyone's kind of passing them around, you celebrate things and people come over and bring gifts. And it's like, you kind of lost that rite of passage by having a child during this pandemic. And that child has lost that opportunity to get to know different faces and different people, right? Like, are they going to cry the first time they see a stranger, like someone that's outside of their bubble? We don't know. So funny enough, my sister actually had just had a baby not long ago. Um, so sh- same thing. Like my my bi- my brother-in-law basically was the only one that go to the hospital. Actually, friend, like we had a few people that I know that have had babies. Like again, couldn't go to the hospital. Like grandparents, in-laws, all that stuff couldn't go. Even now, when you go around them, they're like, you know, who are you around? You got to be careful. Like, it's a yeah. very very. It's weird. Well, even with us, like, that's we, why. Like, I'm. So, I mean, we're very family oriented. So I was like so pumped to like you know see your first like niece or nephew. My parents do the same thing, yeah. and it's like. One person comes to the hospital, and it's that kind of like you said, like that rite of passion. It's very, very different now. So, yeah, this would be really interesting. So, like when kids, even though they get older, like never mind, like really older, like even in a couple of years, when you really want to explain, you know, what it was like when they were born, like this kind of puts it into like this is the world that you came into at the time, exactly, and it explains it. It's really cool. It's really interesting. Very well, the interesting. thing is, a lot of the things that we took from this year are going to stay with us for a while. Like I don't think the washing your hands even though that should have been something that was done all the time, it wasn't now that moving forward for the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. there's going to be a focus on washing hands. Yeah. The cleanliness, wiping down surfaces consistently, cleaning your home, your vehicle, whatever it is, your office, that's going to be consistent. Masks, I don't see them going away anytime soon. Even when there's a vaccine, even when this whole COVID thing is behind us, I still do think a lot of people are going to wear masks, right? So a, a lot of the things that this book will, will touch upon, I'm sure will still be around in the future. Yeah. So... Oh, congrats to you because this is very exciting and we've said this on the podcast numerous times I love when people have we both love when people have taken such a crazy unexpected you know negative situation and turned it into something positive and that's exactly what mm-hmm. you did with this book mm-hmm. well you have to I mean when they said okay classes are canceled everything everyone's going home electives were canceled it's like okay well now what are we going to look back at this year because the reality of the situation was that 20 everyone was saying 2020 is going to be a terrible year now like let's just wait till 2021 and i was like no 
we're, this is a great year. We're not yeah. going to make it a write-off. Like, how can we turn this around? How can we make 2020 a year where one day when we're older and we're talking, let's say our grandkids or like some young child about that pandemic back in 2020, what are we going to say that we did in that time? Are we going to say that, you know, we sat in our rooms and we're really upset? And I mean, if that's what you did, then that's fine if that's what you needed to do. But I personally wanted to be able yeah. to say that, you know, I took this hard experience and I tried to make it better, if not for myself, but for others too. Yeah. Right? I agree. I, I like, like, yeah, we said, I mean, that's, that's why we, and we've said this many times here before, why we started this pod, or actually this started before it, but a couple other projects we have. And like, I mean, again, some people said, you know what? I've been working my whole life. Let me take some time and sit at home and do nothing. Cool. If that's what you want, that's what brings you happiness. You should do that. You should find something that makes you happy. But exactly. if you're going to sit around and like, you know, not just rest on your laurels, say, oh, wow, this sucks. Like I can't do anything. I mean, Everybody can do something. There's a lot of people out there actually like that that we've come in contact with, like doing projects like this. Just just even it doesn't matter how big or small or ambitious mm-hmm. or if it's just for themselves. And and that's really great that people could turn this year and say, you know what, it's been shit. Like people couldn't travel if they traveled, they couldn't see family and loved ones. That's hard on everybody. Like everyone in the world is in the same circumstance. You dealt all more or less the same cards, so to speak, uh, because of like the uh, pram- restrictions that have been put in place. But yeah, doing stuff like this, I think is really cool because then you look back and people are gonna say. You know, when they look back at 2020, because it will be kept in the history books forever. Like, they're mm-hmm. this year is an anomaly. But then you look back and say, yeah, my 2020 wasn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's been a common theme with a lot of our guests. A lot of our guests that we've had on have done amazing things during COVID. You know, we can talk. There's some people that took breaks because they wanted to. Like, Penny Alexiak's a great example. When everything got canceled, she took a break. And she says, you know, I never really had one. So she took some time off to enjoy it because, you know, as an Olympian, you're training year round. Definitely. We've had other guests, you know, let's use uh, Jesse Dumphy. His started a business in February, a, a gym, opened up a gym in February. Obviously, gyms got closed right away, canceled everything. He had all this money invested into it. He pivoted, focused more online, was doing live workouts with like a thousand plus people. Mm-hmm. Now they, they transitioned their business to completely online. There's so many people, even uh, we had Louis Chapeau on. You know, he was in uh, vitamin drips and doing a lot of other things. Now he's an artist. So you're taking those negatives and, okay, turn it into a positive. Focus on what makes you happy and do some of these other things. So, yeah. uh, I, I personally love it. And um, one of my next questions was going to be, what's, what was the best part about doing this? And what was the worst part? Okay, let me think. The absolute best part, I would say, has been actually after I've finished it and seeing people actually hold it. So right now, I like to this day, people will send me pictures of them reading it to a kid or a kid reading it. Someone the other day told me that they went upstairs and it was like 1030 at night and it was like past the kid's bedtime. And the kid was underneath the blanket with a little flashlight reading Patty in the pandemic. Come on, and so I thought bad. about myself when I was that age and like doing that with other books and the fact that like this is that kid's favorite book Mm -hmm. is something that's like really special to me. So knowing that I've been able to like reach other people has been probably the best part of it um, because that's all I could ever hope for as an artist is to just be able to connect with others. And then the worst part I would say has been maybe just like the business aspect of it all. Um, Not that I don't like business. I definitely have a lot more respect for anyone that's ever created a a product or a business because of the amount of time and energy that goes into it. But it's just that, you know, my main focus has always just been the art aspect, the connection, and then my school, like as a medical student. So then this business aspect and all these technicalities and like registering a company and getting an HST number, I was like, whoa, this is just (laughs) a lot to handle when I just want to study for my exam. Yeah, (laughs) fair, fair. Did, Did you have someone helping you with the business side of things? Um, for the most part, not really. 
wow. <laughs> there was one point i think right after doug ford had promoted it and then it got really really big really fast i remember going to my dad i was like sos i need help now <laughs> and then dad so, dad please please <laughs> Please. It's me. <laughs> well, I thought that I would have a little bit more time to ease into the success of the book. And then it turns out that the pre-launch ended up being basically a launch. Okay. Right. Um, and yeah, so that was just a little bit hectic. Yeah, so imagine. he thankfully took a day off and then helped me kind of sort through some like loose strings, I guess, at that point. And then thankfully, like my sisters both came over and then, well, one of them lives at home with me, but then the other one came over um, and she like brought her, uh, she brought my nephew. And then like, we just kind of like would spend a day on the computer responding to everybody's emails and getting things under control a little bit. And now we kind of have the whole groove going. So yeah. it's a little bit Once more Once you kind of get past that first hurdle, like it seems yeah. pretty daunting, I think at first, like any business, I mean, we had to do it for a couple of these, like the first little bit seems a little crazy. And then once you kind of just like level it out, it yeah. gets a little more manageable. Well, the thing is, is that if you read online, they say if you self-publish a book, you're lucky if you sell up to 500 copies. So my first order of books from the printer was 500 books. And I was even considering asking him, like the day I launched, I was thinking, oh, should I reduce it to 300 books? Like, am I wasting a bunch of money? Because I, I paid out of pocket for that, you know, oh, and yeah, I was yeah. that's like, that's the worst thing you can Especially do. Especially when business. you're a student. Like, yeah, you're a student and you're making an investment. But best case scenario, you break even because you're donating all of the money. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Best case scenario, you break even, yeah. And so I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. So I was thinking of actually reducing it to 300 bucks. And then day one, we sold like 2,000 bucks. Wait, what? what? Sorry, what? Yeah. So you can one. imagine my shock when I was thinking this little book. All of a sudden, it was going to be in all of these different homes and schools and things like that. Wow. So that was the kind of the overwhelming part. And it was amazing because... Is this pre or post Doug Ford? This was Doug Ford. Doug like Ford, the, okay. In that day, the website crashed and then people were just ordering nonstop. And that went on for like a full week. But then what happened was I had been doing media interviews like multiple times a day when I... Like I would literally be in class with my webcam on and I'd say, oh, I'm just going to like the bathroom. I'd leave for like five to 10 minutes. <laughs> And I'd go and do a radio interview and then I'd come back to class. Like I was constantly no just doing things to try to get the book out there. So yeah. then it was constantly just selling, selling, selling. Um, and then now here I am. Wow. With the pals. <laughs> yeah, with the pals. <laughs> how, uh, how, did, how did that stuff with Doug for materialize? Like was it just something like you, did, he, did he find out about it? Did you reach out? To, like how did that come about? So that was actually really funny. It was more so just serendipity. Okay. Um, I had been trying to find ways to reach out to him and like reaching out to different doctors saying like, does anyone know someone that knows him? And then oh, yeah, it's a perfect, perfect match, right? Yeah. Right. And I really wanted to get it into the schools, but I didn't know how. And then I had actually just, I had been trying to reach out to people to try to help me. I didn't want to self publish. Right. And then someone had just turned down the book idea on, it was like a Friday and someone had just turned down the book idea. My mentor sucker. <laughs> I know, right? I hope they regret it. Um, no jokes. Um, <laughs> not joking. Not really. Not really. <laughs> I'm not it's okay. <laughs> no, you'll be bitter, but it's part of the story, right? Like, you have that little yeah, bit, not, like, not uh, the jump topics, but like, honestly, it does probably feel kind of good that because when people doubt you, as much as yeah. you can make, like, you don't seem like a spiteful person or like, no, rude, no. But it, you guys got to feel a little bit good to know that 2000 came in. You can't tell me one of the first thoughts was like, that person's in. Isn't it the, the Beatles who got denied by like six there's different. A lot, there's a million stories. Yeah. The, yeah. The big ones, I think one of the Beatles who are arguably one of the biggest bands of all time. They got denied by six different 
record labels. Yeah. So I'd had like a really, really long day of classes. And then, you know, I'm thinking, how can this day get any worse? And then I get the rejection email. And then I get a long email from Dr. Adamson, like talking about those success stories of the people that got rejected and kept getting pushed down and then kept kind of coming back up and then found success. And then as I'm writing my response to him, my mother calls me and I'm ignoring her because I need, I'm in the middle of writing a response. And you're probably like, mom, leave me alone. I need exactly. that kind of response to this dumb email. Like, exactly. And then my sister comes in and she's like, mom wants to speak to you. And I'm like, what is it? She's like, you're going to want to answer. And my mom's like, Nicole, I'm in a parking lot and Doug Ford is here. <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, do you want me to go up to him? And I was like, well, is he talking to people? Like, you don't want to be rude and just go up to somebody, right? And she's like, Nicole, he's standing there waiting for somebody. Like, he's doing absolutely nothing right now. And like, when are you going to see the premiere standing there not doing anything? He's so busy. So I was like, you know what? This has to be fate. Go up to him, right? So my heart's pounding. Like, it's like late at night on a Friday. I'm in my pajamas. My sister's there like on the edge of her seat. I'm like, I'm about to give a uh, pitch to the premiere. (laughs) So my mom goes up to him and I could hear her introduce herself to him and like my dad too. And then, um, and they're like, our daughter's on the phone. And he's like, that's nice. And he's like, she wants to speak to you. And then, so I go on the phone with him and then I gave him like a 30 second elevator pitch. And then he's like, wow, that's actually really great. And then, so he gave me his contact information and things like that. And then we arranged a time to meet me, him, and then Stephen Lecce. Yep. The and then education minister. Yeah. yeah. Yes. SMC boy. Shout out St. Mike's. Western. <laughs> yes. And Western. Former, yeah. former student body president. You are when, when we were in first year, I think. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. My I, I remember when I saw Matthew, I was like, wait. I'm like, I know this guy. He went to Western. Yeah. His office is just down the street from me on, in King City. Yes. Yeah. Because he was in, he was the, oh, he, he was, he he was the rep of King City. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, know something that. like that. Yeah. That's uh, okay. Crazy. So what was the meeting like? How? Uh, tell us everything because I've never. Before we get, yeah, before we get to the, the meeting part. So. That's what's like, not to overthink it, but I honestly sometimes do believe that like one year, per, like perseverance and all these things and working hard does manifest you, like puts you into better scenarios. There's a saying like the harder I work, the luckier I get, right? Yeah. But it is pretty crazy the chances of like bumping to Doug Ford and like that happening and then you giving the pitch. But again, that could be because it worked out because it is maybe it's fate of the idea and that person saying no and all that stuff maybe it never would have happened otherwise, mm-hmm. which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, you never you never really know about these things. And maybe I would have reached out to him anyways, because like I had been working on trying to get connected with him. But it's just like in that moment, it happened to work out. Yeah. Right. And just I I didn't ever. It's cliche, but everything happens for a reason. But exactly. Boom. Big time cliche. But um, yeah. So sorry. Anyways, that's one of the say about about that. But um, you want to jump to the. Yeah, the meeting. How like, so? You guys exchange information. He set up a meeting. It was you, Lecce, and Ford. Which is, if you think about, it, those are some of the biggest politicians on like in the media right now. Mm-hmm. So you've got basically everybody's attention. Yeah. So what was it like? You um, it was cool. I mean, I had never done anything political before. So then I got to like go to Queens Park and then like meet him in his office and everything. And we essentially like I brought all the books and I brought like this whole pitch package and everything. So that was kind of funny for me. I was like, oh, I feel like such a business person. <laughs> <laughs> like cool day um yeah and then I essentially just like spoke with them and then like we just kind of had a nice conversation really and then I'll never forget though it's more so afterwards because in the meeting you know they had talked about how they want to get in the schools and then Doug was like this is so great like I want to hold this up at a conference and I was thinking that he was just saying that for the sake of conversation and just to be really friendly um but I didn't think he would actually do it and then so I get to my car and I called my family just to tell them how the meeting went And then they were like, you know, his conference is in 10 minutes, right? And I was like, yeah, but he's not going to talk about it today. And so I'm, and they're like, he might, like, you might want to watch it live. 
And I had been supposed to be meeting up with my friend for coffee at that time. So I text my friend. I'm like, I might be a little bit late. Like, I'm just gonna, like, I'm parked over I, here. I need to watch the thing. Yeah, I just want to, like, watch this just and see sure. what happens. So I'm watching it. Nothing happens. And then he, like, leaves. And then all of a sudden, so I'm, like, eating food in my car, you know, just kind of, like, de-stressing. And then all of a sudden he comes back on and I just, like, drop my food. And he's like, I just want to talk about this book. And I was just completely shocked my family texts me and i'm like trying to watch the video and i just get texts from my family like oh my god he brought the book on tv and then my friend is texting me oh my god what is happening right now and then i watched it and i'm just kind of sitting there in shock and then my friend comes and i'll never forget the moment of us just sitting on this bench we were supposed to be getting coffee but now we're just sitting on this bench and i'm like my website's crashed and he's like yeah and i'm like the book is selling like crazy and he's like yeah and then people are messaging me nonstop. And this is literally within minutes of this news interview, right? And then we look at each other. I'm like, this book is actually going to reach a lot of people. And it was just like this moment when you're like, wow, something is actually coming out of this project that I made on like a random night having a bonfire with my family. Yeah. Right. And it was kind of just, it was cool. What was it? How would you describe the feeling? Like if you like one, maybe one or two words, like what's the word? A noun? Adjective? Adjective. Adjective? Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Just is there something like just kind of feeling like, like elated, like just really kind of in shock and happy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's it's one of those things that you'll never forget, you know, for sure. Well, yeah, if you think about it, everybody watches when he does this press conference, one o'clock or whatever time he does it. A lot of people watch if you if you're from Toronto or even the GTA, it's kind of that's how you get your COVID update. Basically. Mm -hmm. like, I know people in my office watch it every day. One o'clock. Yeah. I think it's 12 or one, whatever. Um, so you, 2000 were sold that day. Basically. Mm -hmm. Well, within 24 hours. Within 24 yeah. hours. And that's about a month and a half ago now, give or take? Yeah. So is, is it rude to ask how many sold now? No, so we're no, working. I, I don't know. I, I, is it? Yeah, so we've we've obviously sold like a lot more than 2,000, but we're still working on that because we're like working on getting like the school deals and everything yeah. going. Okay. So, yeah, so yeah, so that's like essentially what we're doing with Minister Lecce and everything. Um, so like we'll have, a, like I had the Hamilton Early Childhood Education uh, people purchase like 450 bucks just to distribute around there, which is like really, really nice. It's gotta be exciting. Yeah. So right now what's happening is we're, you thought you were going to sell 300 bucks at the start of this. Yeah. And then and like you got one the $450, 450 person order. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so now it's just been really nice just to be kind of working on those kind of orders and everything. So is this going to be something now, like it started as like a little passion project, I guess. Is this now going to become something that takes up a lot of your time? Cause how is it now with, school still on yeah. back like you're oh i was always oh did you school. have any break i didn't even have a break in the summer so you've been you're doing this while still managing yeah. a course load yeah or, yeah yeah exams and everything like that yeah wow unreal good for you has it has it impacted your grades at all <laughs> can we ask that <laughs> so thankfully medical school is all qualitative oh, okay <laughs> so Not i wouldn't know if it impacted okay, my grades good good, good. Fair, fair. Um, no, if anything, it's just made me a little more tired yeah. <laughs> because like I'll literally I'll work at the hospital and then I'll be there like literally from like six in the morning to like seven at night or something. And then I'll come home and rather than like study or like go to sleep, I'll be answering emails about the book and everything. Do you have to mail out the copies yourself? Yeah. Because you self-published. Yeah. So you get, so you go six to seven, you get home response emails and then you got to package each one. In, and I'm no. sure you probably write a little. That's notice. what family is for. Uh, <laughs> so they did help. Free labor. <laughs> no, now they help. Now, now they, they help. help. Yeah. Now, now that you're big, you're now successful. Now that you're famous. You got 2000, before, you're, before you're famous. Before they, they were like, nah, she got 300 <laughs> copies. I ain't helping. 
no so as soon as like as soon as it started and as soon as it got kind of like bigger than me they yeah. came over and then they started kind of taking things on and then i remember just like one day i kind of created like an, a spreadsheet saying what everybody's roles were okay. so it's like i have like one sister who goes and answers emails and then like one person's responsible for ups orders another person's responsible for canada post orders and like my dad would be watching his tv and he'd be like putting stickers on the packages and then my That's mom's nice. like putting them inside yeah i've met fun. your dad once actually oh did yeah, you really Anthony. yeah yeah uh, maybe about a year or two ago because he was looking for like leaf tickets or something but yeah I oh that's so funny yeah. small world so it yeah. is it's a very small world <laughs> crazy um, yeah do you have any plans to write another yes Ooh, is, is this not known yet because you said um, that kind of like well yeah i actually haven't talked about it anywhere <laughs> exclusive but, yeah so <laughs> well, can we talk about it yeah oh, sure yeah. It's not a oh, oh pal Banana, breaking news <laughs> you're not gonna remember to do that no nope, but i just did it so breaking news <laughs> oh this is why we need a video editor oh, sorry <laughs> i i'll try there's a zero percent chance you remember to put a little false it's not zero five zero one <laughs> one there's always a chance there's always a chance there's I... always a chance okay tell us about the the second version um so it's actually not related to patty at all so oh, okay. what happened is after i created this book is people just started reaching out to me pitching ideas at me and i was like hey i'm a medical student I'm people not... as in sorry people as in like just people like normal people or like brands random or... people other authors publishers things like that and i was just like no um but then one girl that i went to undergrad with is working <clears throat> with the found well the co-founder of an organization called can child so they work with children with disabilities um and so they've even like they've done research and that's been translated by like the who and like been distributed worldwide so like that's pretty impactful um so they kind of gave me this pitch that seemed really meaningful to little kids basically talking about like how we can encourage kids with disabilities to like set goals for themselves and then even just kids in general. Um, so essentially we're kind of doing more of like a research-based project. We've been reaching out to families um, through the organization itself, <laughs> gathering more information. And then we're gonna be creating like a book, but that one will take more time for sure because mm -hmm. the larger team and there's a little bit more going into it, but it's really cool to like be a part of that team and to be able to be marrying my passions of like medicine and then also art okay. and literature. Right. So it's something yeah. that I kind of want to continue doing in the future, but maybe not to like this extreme. Okay. Right. That's actually what my next question was if you're going to play, if you plan on continuing to do this. Um, We're good, pal. <laughs> We're on the same. You were going to ask that too? I just did. Oh, sorry. The question about the book. Oh, but I was going to say, sorry. I was going to ask you like future, like how many, oh, like, yeah, okay. yeah, sorry, sorry. Same content, same line <laughs> of thought. Apologies. Um, <laughs> don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I said you don't need to apologize. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, okay, so Patty and the pandemic. So Patty's story is, is ends after this book. Patty's okay. not coming. Patty's not coming back for around two. Oh no, she definitely could. Okay, she definitely she's not could. Closing the idea it depends oh, no, how long COVID not, lasts. It's not close. Um, maybe not another COVID book. <laughs> I think I'm even tired of COVID okay at this point. I, I think we. But are. I think that Patty's a really cool character, and it seems like kids really connected with her. So I wouldn't mind doing another journey of patty's i mean maybe this can child book would end up being with patty as a character you never know yeah um patty in the vaccine <laughs> yeah that would be really cool it's more so just that trademark that's it done <laughs> i'll have to reach out to you now what? if i want to publish what? that what show is that where he says that it's like trademark it's like you, you, the office what? Rick. is it every reference you make is the office so it is the office we'll learn that <laughs> tm he says yeah. and he's like you could just trademark it he's like yeah it's public it's trademark yeah, so no, i don't know the reference done and done. um Oh shoot! Now nah, I made my train of thought. I had a question. Um, I'm giggly today. Uh, the okay, so I obviously have not been a kid in a long time, so I don't know the space of kids' books and what the competition is and the market and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But um, obviously, I know like 
Goodnight Moon and those books that are well known. But like, what is the space like for like health related kids books? Like, have you have you looked into that that at all? Is there yeah. a lot of this on this similar topic, whether it's pandemic or healthcare or or just like treating disability stuff like that? Yeah, like there's there's lots of kids books available. But the thing is, is that I find that they're usually on one of two ends of the spectrum. So they're either highly medical and factual or they're written by people with less medical knowledge and they're more so just like very fun and meant to kind of introduce the idea but not to inform whereas this book the thing that's unique about it is that like i mean i'm kind of a kid in a way (laughs) so like for me writing the book was like it, it it in itself is just very fun and light but then it also has that informative aspect to it okay so in my opinion, I don't think there's really anything else out there right now that's similar to it because like there are medical books about COVID available, but they're not, they're not like telling an actual story that kids are going sure. to like engage in, you know? So then, well, the next one, you said it's going to be a little more research, but will it be kind of in the same vein, like in that same space that you're yeah. in? Like so s- more research. that same goal kind of thing. Yeah. So the thing about that is that more research is going into it in the sense that we're reaching out to families to better understand what they need from the book. Okay. But it's not going to be more factual than Patty and the Pandemic. It's still going to follow like a fun storyline. Because okay. my thing is, is that I want kids to read the book and actually like want to stay up past their bedtime reading it, you know, and read it over and over again and like mm-hmm. talk about Patty. I don't want them to feel like reading it is a chore. Yeah. Cause I remember as a kid when my mom would give me like educational books, I would sit there and I'm like, I'm doing homework right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You want you want kids to like just pick it up and not think of it as like a book or like, yeah, it's almost like they're getting a message, but they're not really, yeah, it doesn't seem like work. It's not boring. It's not dry exactly. kind of thing. I mean, Very the cool. best way to get someone to do something that you want them to do is to make them think that it's what they want to do. Yeah. So yeah. here kids are Very like, true. oh my gosh, I'm having fun reading a colorful <laughs> book. Little do you know, we're teaching you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, so then I, I got back on the uh, point of Ricky asking the second one. Now that this kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, proof of concept has been like validated and, you know, it's a, it's a cool idea and all that stuff. And the next one, is this something that, you would pursue further and continue to do or like is it for you like you said you always want to be a doctor go into medicine do all this stuff or is this maybe opened up some thoughts of like making this more than a passion project kind of thing i think for me the way it is with me in any kind of art is that when i start to do it full time it starts to feel less like it's something for me and more so like a chore and then I stop enjoying it as much and then it stops being as high quality. Like I think that when looking at a book like this, you can kind of tell that it was just made from the heart and not as like a career, you know? So I don't ever really plan on dropping my career in order to pursue this further. Um, It's like, it's a cool thought, but I know like I'd taken a gap year and everything after graduating university. So like I've tried spending that full time amount of time just doing the arts and it just wasn't for me. So, what I'm interested in really is trying to marry the two interests. So like the arts and medicine, right? So people always kind of say like they're two polar opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I don't really think so personally, like when I'm in an operating room, like there's nothing like more artistic than that, you know, and thinking about that relationship that you're forming with people, whether it's through art and kind of like speaking to them on a more emotional level or through medicine and kind of getting that privilege to know someone very personally through medicine they're both kind of having the same goal at the end of the day. So my goal is to kind of show people that a little bit more in my career and find more ways to be innovative. So whether it's creating a children's book or creating some kind of art piece that's demonstrating more medicine um, or integrating the arts and creativity into my practice, whatever that might end up being like, 
Yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of that's what I want to do is combine that's those passions cool. rather than choose one or the other. Well, I mean, from a personal level, it's cool because, like you said, to your point, it doesn't feel like work. Then, so you're doing something that you're passionate about. Yeah. It's fun, but that is interesting as well because, like you said, the point of the opposite of the spectrum of the books is either one that's like maybe less factual, less quantitative, for lack of a better term, and there's the ones that are research. There's not that middle ground. So as a kid, personally, I, I will say I was not a fan of sciences because I found it very dry and boring. Mm-hmm. Like I was like more into like, like the geography and the history children, and all yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so I'm sh- there's got to be kids out there, like to your point, you said you think you look at them as one and the same or you see the art in, in medicine and, and all that. There's probably less kids out there who feel the same way, but maybe can't get excited about reading factual stuff, but also find the other stuff a little bit too vague and maybe not as much substance. Mm-hmm. So maybe I bring in that, it, it might open the door to some kids that you know, we're kind of excited, but on the fence about this sort of stuff. And that's the hope. I mean, yeah. you never know. That'd be cool. Uh, I got a question. How long did each picture take? So let's say this one, for example, this, this spread. So that one was one of the easier pages. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's but even with that one. said, it's but still. Let's, let's, oh, let's go to the center spread. Center spread. So that's got a bunch of different oh, pictures. That one was what, my least favorite. Okay. So this is a good one. How long did this one take? <laughs> Uh, I don't need exactly that one. I actually did over the span of like a week because I kept erasing it, trying to get the people kind of right. So that one took a really long time actually. And like each page took a minimum of like six hours to do because you have to remember I had to design it, draw it out, outline it, paint it, outline it again, and then color it with pencil crayon. So each page took a really long time is the bottom line. (laughs) How many hours do you think you put into this? Hundreds. Hundreds? Yeah. Like I can, I can literally say the week before I launched, I had put at least like 20 to 30 hours into it. And don't ask me how I did that with school. I just remember one night just sitting there at my computer nonstop. <laughs> it just didn't just, end. Did you have skills in uh, like Illustrator and those other programs beforehand? No. Or did you, so you had to learn? Yeah. YouTube videos, <laughs> tutorials. Um, oh, did you have a thankfully, friend? Thankfully, one of my friends is an architect. So <laughs> I called him up and I was like, I need your help, please. <laughs> you want to just come over and figure out, teach me how to use these things, please? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll buy donuts. So cool. I brought him Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Right? So I- he kind of gave me a quick tutorial and then I went home, but I still had to like figure it out myself. I wasn't going to put the work onto him. And that's the thing is that since it was for charity, I couldn't go and say, hey, you're an expert. I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars. Right. Yeah. So it was really like, are you willing to participate for free? Yes or no. And then I didn't want to ask too many favors of people because I knew I couldn't give them much in return. Yeah. Well, it's, know, it's, it's cool to say that they were a part of the whole experience. Yeah. Right. I do have a question. Is this something you have to put into kids books or all books in general? And the bottom, it says all characters in this book are fictional. Is that so you don't deceive kids? Is that a thing? <laughs> or did you put it in by choice or so? I was just kind of scared that I was like, my thing was. Gonna get sued. (laughs) Patty doesn't exist. Well, essentially, yes, because I mean, I'm a medical student, so people kind of like assume that I'm giving them factual information and things like that. So I didn't want to do anything that was going to take advantage of my position, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And you never really know what people are going to take out of the book. So I just kind of wanted to cover all my bases and be very clear of my intentions. Like, hey, this is meant to inform, but it was reviewed in September. If you're reading this a year from now, the public health guidelines might not be the same. Mm, yeah, things okay. might have changed. Yeah. yeah. And so, it's kind of that thing, sorry, go ahead, I cut you off there. Oh no, it's okay. I was just going to say, it's like it's partially legal and then partially just like ethical too. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the thing where like, you always hear like someone, if they're a doctor on a, on a radio show or it's an advertisement, it's like I'm not, you know, it's not like licensed medical advice, mm-hmm. go see your health practitioner kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Though this yeah. actually like, it was reviewed by a public health specialist. 
right? For sure. So it, it, it was medical advice at that time, but just kind of acknowledging the fact that, yeah. you know, this is the general medical advice. Like if you have asthma, the recommendations might be different. Yeah, like it's based on fact and all this stuff, yeah. but just, yeah, that makes sense. You don't want a kid to pick it up 10 years from now and be like, oh, this is what this is how you follow healthy protocols. What? Patty said this <laughs> and I did it and I got Wait, sick, so this doesn't count. What's coronavirus? I only know about a bad bug. <laughs> um, did you get to use, did you reuse any of the bugs? No. <laughs> you drew each individual bug every like, single time. Each of these are original watercolor paintings. Wow. Yeah. The only thing I did do is like one of them I messed up and it was similar to another one. So then I kind of like photoshopped her hair from one picture onto another one just because I was at this point, at it was point, so late. Like, okay. I was like, I need to be done. Spent 20 hours this week on this, on this book. Got yeah. to I'm going to cheat a little bit. Is uh, <laughs> a question. What was the inspiration for the design of Patty? Why? I'm assuming that is orange hair, red hair. Which yeah. Is it? Orange hair. Orange hair. Honestly, um, it's a good one. Like <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I kind of wanted her to seem kind of like <laughs> hectic, and <laughs> a little, so that's a good one. Yeah. And I'm saying you're welcome <laughs> for that good one. Kudos to you. To be honest, it was like it was kind of just a little bit of a vision in the sense where I kind of imagined this like hectic character just kind of like finding her way throughout a pandemic, um, and then also to. When creating the book, one of the main issues or dilemmas that I faced at the beginning is how can I make this book relatable to everybody, especially like I was writing this during like the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And I was like, OK, well, if you make the lead character black, then you're not representing a white person or you're not represent like you're not you can't possibly represent every Everyone. single yeah. person in one character. So I thought that like making her hair red and curly and like, I don't know, all of the bodies are just kind of like round in general. Yeah. So I figured by making it like that, it was almost like neutral. So it's like she doesn't really look realistic. You know, I'm yeah, sure there yeah, are yeah. some people that look like her, but it's just like not that much of like, I don't know. She just kind you of wanted neutral. everyone to resemble with her, not just any one specific. Yeah. Person. And then that's why, like, afterwards, I went out of my way to, like, make sure that I was like including everybody yeah. in all of the other characters as well and things like that. So it was more so just trying to create someone that was, like, fun and relatable, but also just, like, neutral in general. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I was thinking of a question as, I, as you were saying that. I love how there's a pregnant person here, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, also, Page like, nine. speaking of the characters that are in here, one fun fact. Oh, I would, like, randomly draw ask. a friend of mine. I did. Oh. <laughs> Many times. So I'll show you, actually. Let's see some shout outs here. Yeah. So during the pandemic, the book. you know how there's, like, all of those, like, fads, like, people were cutting their own bangs and things like that. So one of my friends is a nurse, well, a nursing student, and she randomly decided to try to bleach her hair yellow well she tried to bleach her hair blonde and then it turned out orange i gotta guess who it is yeah you can find her yeah right there <laughs> you said bangs and i looked at this haircut i was like bangs and dyed the hair i was like this so, one and she's like a nurse in the book too so i put her in there and then so right my there, idea was right. that i wanted to as like a tribute to the covid trends i wanted to capture people's like people that i knew's covid trends so like one of my one of my friends had grown out like a man bun just for no reason so i put him with his man bun in there at one point and then um one of my friends tom was like can you make me the person that ends the pandemic and i was like that's all you want just to be the, the superhero okay, sick and then he's like yeah make me the superhero and like i'm on the phone with him i'm like i put you in the book he's like oh am i the superhero and i was like i'll show you the picture and tom is actually patient zero <laughs> <laughs> Shout so, out to Tom. <laughs> That's so then, funny. Um, he starts the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of ironic. And then the best one too is that um, 
one of the things that inspired the book is my nephew Adam my nephew Adam so like Anthony's son yeah, yeah. Um, so he was born right before the pandemic and obviously I love him a lot so I put Adam in the book with like Catherine and then and like the whole family and stuff like Very that cool. so where are they you have to find them <laughs> So they're they're like throughout it. You don't see them all as a family together. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. They're kind this of hidden. Really cool. Honestly, I love it. One of my one of my 2021's goals is to publish a book. That's do it. I, I have no idea what it's going to be about. Something about the pals. You know what, buddy? Very bad. You know what? I recommend you should do a, you should do a coloring. Uh, book. Honestly, I'm really thinking about. It. I may do a kids book. <laughs> do a kids book. I said I want. That's one of my goals. I decided I want to publish a book, and um, I think what? my my uh, my language would be better suited for children. <laughs> yeah. Men, probably your picture is not your words as much. Ah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what is your favorite kid's book or a book you remember reading as a kid that stuck with you? Do you have one? Um, I don't have. Okay, so one thing about me is I can't choose favorites. I'm okay. like very eclectic in the things that I like. But any book by Robert Munch, I was obsessed with. He was my idol. Okay. So like if you go through the book, like the style is kind of similar in the sense where it's like, ah, chew and like happy birthday. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So that was kind of like my inspiration. He's the person that I always like. I think read. Robert Munch uh, read a book at my school once. My children's No school way. Once. Yeah, I think he did like a big massive tour. Oh, I was just Canadian. I think he's a... I don't know where he's from. Okay, irrelevant, but yeah, I, I don't. I think I remember something because like he was my favorite, and he's the only one I remember. That's cool. And I remember someone reading at our school, and I remember it was like a big deal. This is gonna be very embarrassing, especially because I do read a lot. What is like one of Robert Munch's like most well? Oh, I can't books? think of one right now. Well, Paperback Princess was popular. Okay, but then Cause um, I know the name, but I never could. If you ask me a book by Robert, he's Munch, like the, the goat of children's. Book I'm the opposite. Like I can tell you what happens in the books, but I can't tell you the names of the okay, books. Okay, fair. But well, I just remember like the teachers like screaming and then like things going everywhere and like learning out of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, I always remember the one book that I had as a kid and the color, the coloring book, kids book was Goodnight Moon with a little kid. If the covers, he's sitting on the toilet. Oh, the I toilet remember roll. that one. Yeah. Goodnight Moon. Yeah. I think Dr. Zeus was, was a book, but I remember Goodnight Moon a lot because actually my sister has it for my niece on her bookshelf and I walked in and saw it. I just remember the kids sitting on the toilet or by the toilet with the toilet roll and it's like a disaster. That's what I remember. I don't remember any children's book. For me, I, for me I had goosebumps for my thing when I was a kid. Oh, I remember those. Uh, Hardy Boys. Was, I was big on the Hardy Boys. They're mystery books. And uh, Harry. Uh, most recent I remember really reading is like Harry Potter's. I read I the first 100 pages yeah. of the Harry, first Harry Potter probably about 30 times. Just to say the first 100? Yeah. But just because you only got to 100? That's because and then the next day I'd forget. And then I'd forget the next <laughs> time. I'm like, two weeks later, I'm like, okay, got to start all over again. I read the first 100 pages of the first Harry Potter book legit 50 times. <laughs> That's so funny. You just I, I did 100 like, pages. I would just because I'd get through like the first 100 in one day because I'd have time. And it's, Harry Potter's an easy read. You can do 100. Yeah, the first you can book do 100, especially. Yeah, the first, it's an easy read. You do the first 100 pages and, you know, uh, Hagrid flying in and you know, blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I just remember reading the first 100 pages legit. Honestly, like do you every favorite, other month. Do you have a favorite book? Anything like you read that you like? Mm, not really. That really stands out. I remember, I remember a, a book that really changed like the way I looked at a lot of things was The Game. By Neil Strauss. <laughs> of like, course. It sounds so bad, but <laughs> I just you know remember, what book that is? No. So explain it's, it. <laughs> I'll explain it because I read it when I was maybe like six, 16 or 17. Every, probably every guy's read it. But. So it's a book <laughs> about this guy. It's He's a journalist and he wants to dive into the, the pickup artist community. Right, so it's about like how to talk to women, and I found it very interesting because I, I've always, like I, I'm, this is gonna sound so 
kind of douchey, but I've always been kind of popular. But I, when I was a kid, I didn't really know how to talk to girls. So I saw this book and I, someone recommended I read it. My brother or someone, I don't know, some older cousin or something, maybe, I don't know. And they told me about this book and I read it. And it's about this guy who just wants to get involved in this game. So he meets this other pickup artist pro named Mystery. Oh, yeah. And I forget his real name. I don't know, but I remember he's, he's like super famous as like the pickup artist guy. And I remember reading this book and it wasn't so much about how to talk to women. It's just about how to be a, like a stronger, more confident man. You know, it's like you can get rejected by 10 women. Who cares? Go speak to the 11th. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's so freaking true. And But when you walk into a room, you want to take over the room and you want to be the person that people want to talk to. I think that's great. When I walk into a room, I hope that everybody wants to talk to me or I want to find a way to make myself attractive in that sense that people want to talk to me. Not just about physically speaking because the men in these books were not physically attractive. It's you want to be someone that when you walk in your vibes, people are attracted, your, your energy and whatever. So... There were so many little things. And yeah, obviously you read, you has a 16 year old boy testosterone raging. You're like, oh yeah, girls, girls, girls. But there's so many different parts of that that I look back on now. And I read it probably again when I was 22, 23. And uh, yeah, I remember that. It sounds such a douchey answer. Sorry, guys. Not really. Just whatever like, you like, what you read what you like. That, that was one that uh, was really interesting. How to Catch a Mockingbird was another one that. How to Kill a Mockingbird? Yeah, I was going to say how to kill a Mockingbird. Now I'm thinking, catch, uh, the, I'm thinking of, the, of Hunger Games now. That's the thing is for How to Kill a Mockingbird, they force us to read that in school. And yeah. it's actually a good book, but I don't like it because yeah. I was forced to read it in school. What's the other one when they go, they're go? they on an island and they... they uh, Lord of the Flies? Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Yeah. The pig. What's yeah, the that was interesting. I, so I, I personally, like even my, my mom jokes now. So now I like I just, I like to read a lot in my free time, but I never liked reading in school. I'd like, when I do book reports, my mom would have to like oh. summarize it and stuff <laughs> like that. And she says, like, it's so weird. You like reading now, you hate it in school. But I think it's because when I'm told to do something, I don't take interest exactly. in it. So if I'm for something, what even if I like a topic, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I want to do it. Like you said, you want people to learn without learning, right? There you go, guys. Um, but yeah, I find that if you start forced upon something, it's not as, it's not as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What's the other one? The subtle art of um, not giving up. Yeah, that one. That one's popular. Yeah, yeah, I actually read that one. It was pretty cool. I'm not big into reading self help books, like or those types of books. But that it's was just like my good. Florida book. Every time I'm in Florida, it's the book that's there, <laughs> and you go to the pool, and okay, gonna, that's the same book I read yeah. every single time. Have you read anything recently that that has resonated with you? So that's the thing about me. Actually, that's kind of ironic. Is like. I wrote, but I don't read that much. Okay. I'm with you on that. I used to read a lot, but my problem is, is that if a book is actually good, I will not stop reading until it's done. And so it's just not physically possible right now because then I'd have to miss class. Yeah. So I'm, I'm genuinely scared to pick up another book right now, unless it's like a very factual book, in which case then I'll just read it and fall asleep. But then I never end up finishing them. So I can't actually like tell you a good book that I've read because I've picked up so many and not finished them now. Fair. And I'm sure you have a pretty busy schedule now between getting home at seven and then trying to (laughs) fill these orders and everything. It's got to be quite tough. Yeah. I don't get home at seven every day, but still. um, So then besides that, I mean, besides, what's your, what's your favorite book? I know you're going to talk about this in another episode what's your favorite book you've read recently oh that i've recently i actually just read one that i just finished um called too soon old too late smart and i heard on a podcast recommended so i bought it on my on kindle and like it's a pretty short book um one of the cool things about kindle when you buy a book you don't really like you can't you literally cannot judge a book by its cover because everything's black and white so it's not like you can Mm -hmm. look at it i really had no idea what it's about it just said 30 lessons to learn that are important, and it's based written by a psychologist in the states. So that's technically, a self help book, you know? No, uh, they're life lessons. I wouldn't call it self help per se because it's just saying like things that he's learned in his life that he's yeah. sharing. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, like I I would classify self help as like seller not giving a fuck. 
like empowerment books. Yeah, it's not. No, I don't. I, know, I, I, I get what you're saying. Anyways, same, more, same, it's more psychology yeah. than anything. Um, beh- yeah, behavior psychology. But anyways, I thought it was really interesting. About that was really cool. Uh, oh no, the coddling of the American mind. It's actually right there. That's my favorite book. That was a really, really good book. I don't know. I could list all of them. I like. I literally read everything and anything, and I like all books, all genres. And I'm reading sh- books on. Yeah, I'm reading sh- books on physics right now. Which yeah, you jump. Where's from your book, book, book now? To- my book, I, I don't think I could write a book. I ramble a lot. Like I'm someone I tell stories. I ramble. I like like I like storytelling, but yeah. I'm not very concise with my thoughts always. I mean, if you're listening to these that's podcast why. episodes, I just go in circles and all that, so I can't put my thoughts together. But that's why there's like, people that can help with that, though. Right, but I just I don't know if I want to write a book yet. I don't think I have anything that I want to write. I just like reading everything. That's Literally, cool. like you can read my book next year, buddy. Twenty. I'm gonna read this after. I I, I will read. It. I read. Honestly, I know I'll have everything. two sales at least. There we go. I like things. I like reading about things that if I'm curious about something. Like the other night, I had a crazy dream, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder what dreams are like." So I bought Sigmund Freud's book. It's like, uh, it's like something about dreams. I don't know. Those a lot of Sigmund Freud stuff is dry though. Yeah. I, don't mind. I can get through. I also read very differently. I don't read like cover to cover. I'll flip to like a chapter. I start reading that chapter if I like it. I get to halfway. I'm like, this book's good. I got the lessons. Done. Next book. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I spend most of my money on books lately, which is crazy. But anyways, and that's not about me. And Nike. <laughs> and Nike. Yeah, big Nike. Yeah, but I have a new hat, my pal. That's a new one, though. This is okay. from Amazon. It's cheap. Uh, hat. New hat. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, I was going to I was gonna ask one, I guess, because okay. it was on that vein of reading. So besides doing all this stuff, you know, studying to be a, a doctor and, and doing medicine, all that, being a published author now, is there anything else you do, you've done in your free time in 2020 that you've enjoyed or? Um. Well, okay, I hike a lot, which okay. is cool and fun. But aside from that, I'm also an artist, uh, which I think I like mentioned earlier a little bit. But one thing that I've done is I purchased like this portable easel that you can literally put in a backpack. And then so now I've been trying to like go to random cool places and just like paint whatever it is that I see. So 2020 has kind of made me appreciate just doing like small little things for fun and just for like yourself. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it. I've decided I'm starting to paint soon too. I painted the other night. Just well, don't you want to do, buddy? So I, I want to illustrate so, your book too. No, absolutely not. No, if you saw my painting, you would absolutely know why I'm it not. It can be abstract. Yeah, nope. stick figures. Nope, I'm terrible at those too. So, I uh, we've we've had a couple you artists. Know artists, the artist subjective, right? We discussed. This. Yeah, but I don't even like my own art. But Picasso literally would like draw circles and squares, and they didn't make that much sense. And he's famous. Yeah, so but he, I, I'm sure he liked his own paintings. Yeah, you know, I was sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, it's I was okay. gonna say for me, I don't even like my own paintings. What if other people like them? Unless you're doing it for yourself, but yeah, are you I'm, doing it? No, I'm. I'm just because. But if you're I, reading Emil Strauss and you want to be the guy that everyone talks about when you walk into a room, if your painting is good for them, then yeah, they would think it's not about cool. my painting. I don't want to be known for my painting. I want to be known for my energy. I want to have good energy. That's but paintings right. can have vibes. very good vibes. My vibes, exactly. I'd say a painting has really good energy. Like you I can't walk, walk into the room, room holding my hard. painting. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys look at my so, abstract dude everyone turns around no one's talking to ricky <laughs> what you'll do is just like the next sweatshirts that you make like aside from the palace sweatshirts you can just like put your painting on the front of the sweatshirt and then people will be like cool sweater i love that abstract pattern oh by the way i made it <laughs> <laughs> well actually shout out to anthro charity because I, I, again i think he's amazing he's doing his something called rich uh 30 for 30 it's 30 releases in 30 days and yesterday his release was um he did sweaters that ha- that he painted on so they're meant to look like a painter's sweater, which I thought was really cool. And I'm actually, That's cool. I think I bought it or I'm on the checkout page. <laughs> I can't remember if I, if I bought it or not, but anyways, I'm gonna. So if you're listening, you should go check that out as well. Anthony Ricciardi, Ricciardi at Ricciardi Paints, I believe. Um, so what kind of painting? So you brought this, you bought this easel. I wanted to ask, cause now I'm going to start painting soon. Um, do, can you buy, like, I want to buy a massive canvas, like life-size canvas. Yeah. Do you just buy it or do you have to frame it yourself? No, you can buy it like that. But the problem is, is like, how are you going to transport it? 
my truck. Oh, cool. I don't have a truck. And <laughs> <laughs> so put, put the seats right. in her backpack. So she's got a house yeah, on no, her back. I'm just going to okay. put it in my back, in my truck, put the seats down, just roll this like eight by 11. No, eight by 11. Yeah, do fit. it. Maybe like six, five by 10. Yeah, do it. Fit. It'll be great. I kind of want to paint now. I got the supplies, buddy. No, no, you I don't do want your collab. little weird easel ones. I want a big painting. No, I'm gonna, literally, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to buy a massive thing because tomorrow's supposed to be a good day. I think I'm going to do it because I can paint outside or paint in like my parents' garage, put a nice big mat down, and I just want to paint. I have no idea what yet, but I'll just put the brush to the canvas. That's how all great artists start, you know? <laughs> <laughs> we call it natural talent. <laughs> yeah, that I do not have. But no, I, I said I really want to start painting. I think... We've had so many art, not so many, I guess you're our third artist that we've had on the podcast, but every time I talk to an artist, I just get so motivated to paint. It's really fun, honestly. Yeah, and I've had a couple it's other like a therapy. Is it, do you find it therapeutic? Like, so therapeutic. Well, that's yeah. why I said I don't want to sell my art anymore because like for me, if I'm selling it, it doesn't feel as therapeutic anymore. So like if you're just kind of going in a room, you have no expectations of what you're going to create. Like you just bought a canvas for no reason, set up in your garage because it's a nice day and you just kind of create with no plan it's kind of great afterwards to see what you ended up making i should show you guys what i painted it's terrible <laughs> do you have it or i take sure i really want to see this i actually really really want to paint something now i'm gonna get i'm, I'm gonna excited buy, to see these now uh, no they're gonna be so bad so mind you i had a couple i had a couple bevies too when i painted this you know what i'm gonna paint one i'm gonna post it on like a on like uh i'll probably my first one for myself and then I'm going to paint one and post it somewhere and just be like, whoever buys is like, just like a bid thing. Like if it's a dollar or 10 cents, whatever it sells for, I'll put all my to charity. I'm curious because it's subjective, right? Maybe someone will see me like this is the greatest. So I love it. it. You know what I mean? Like, so I was actually told that, uh, actually, no, I wasn't told. I watched it on TikTok, but people are doing like these crazy abstract paintings with like crazy caption under underneath saying, I created this with the visions that I had on psychedelics <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. And people are selling them for like 300 bucks American on eBay. Yeah, and they're like normal paintings. But what I did want to try is, you know, where you hang a paint um, a paint canister from a string and then you just like toss it around. Oh, that'd be cool. The circles. But I'll show you guys my painting now, now that we're here. So this is what happens when you just put the paintbrush to the canvas. It looks like a Picasso. <laughs> that was my painting. It's actually not bad. It's not terrible. It's a lot better than I thought you, it would be. You oh, well, talked then, it then, down then, a lot. But my then I drew, then, I, then I was like, I was looking at a Christmas tree in my condo, so I drew a Christmas tree in the middle of it. Let's see, where's the Christmas tree? Oh, I, this is what I took earlier. That is um, I don't have That's a terrible. final painting, but yeah, I'm not artistic at all. But again, one of my good friends, actually, Eli Kim Swallow. Shout out, Eli. Um, so he took this a lot. He had a lot of free time during this pandemic and during COVID to, to really start his art business. And he started doing custom pieces and everything he does, he videotapes the whole thing and does the, like the time lapse so you can watch it all mm -hmm. in 30 seconds. And I just love it. I, I watch this and... I do think music and, and art are two, you know, the, the creative senses that I have zero talent in that I really, really wish I did have some talent in because I think it's beautiful. I think people that yeah. are able to create beautiful art, whether it's music or physical art, is just amazing. And I tried to learn the banjo a couple of years ago and I was, it, I lasted three lessons where I was like, look, my fingers, I'm just not meant to do this. I grew up playing the trumpet. I sucked. I tried to The best the part is Rick goes to me, I'm going to buy a banjo. And I was like, hmm, have you played the banjo before? No. Maybe well, rent one. Yeah, I'll rent one. Three, three lessons in, I'm done with the banjo. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I realized it wasn't for me. I have no talent. I'm, I've, I'd like oh. to think I have decent, sorry, zero musical or yeah. creative talent. So it's a very hard thing to say. Yeah. You have creative talent. I'd say this is creative. This is mo the most creative thing I've, I've got talent for, for sure. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe if it wasn't for George, I wouldn't even be that talented in this. Mm -hmm. You're very talented, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> no. Hey, listen. 
I'm not gonna put yeah. the tires. No, we're good. Enough. So, um, <laughs> no, but what I was saying that I love when people just create art. I think it's so beautiful. And sometimes you hear a song and it, or you look at a piece of art and you just get chills or you get those emotions. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I wish I could do this. So I can't, but I do like to try. And if you, we go karaoke. We used to do it almost once a month. We, I, there was one point we were doing it once a week, <laughs> summer 2015. So. I love to sing. I don't like dancing, but singing, painting, drawing, I doodle a lot. I'm not good at it, That's but I interesting. enjoy interesting. So you like to sing? Love to sing. That's right. Your singing is terrible. Terrible. But it brings but you joy? That's what makes it better. Yeah, brings yeah. you joy. So your painting is terrible. Does it, make, does it bring you joy? Does it, it bring it you joy? Did. It did, yes, it did. So, so keep doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. And who knows, maybe when I'll die, it'll be, like, it'll be some new form it of, that way. No, it'll be some new form of art and people will like, hang it up in the love. You never know. But that's no, the thing but is, that's you can't do it for that reason. No, I wouldn't do you it for do that. You do it because it brings you joy. Yeah. Just do it. And then maybe one day it'll be famous. See, this brought her joy as a passion project. And did you, have, did you think it was going to blow? No, like, I didn't care. Yeah. And look, and that's the best part about it. Yeah. You never You have know. no expectations. You do something because you believe in it. You're passionate about it. And you don't care. If you do something, be like, I want to get famous. No. You mean, it, you may be able to if you have marketing and if, this and, and that. Good. But it's also a little more superficial and doesn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. Doing something that comes out of passion, like true, true passion that you're like, okay. I'm sure like, you know, you think like this podcast. All right. I'm dropping an album. You guys got me. <laughs> no. All right. My album's coming out soon. But even this Where's podcast. Where's the auto-tune? Uh, no, no, no. Original. <laughs> original voice here. There's no Instagram filters for my voice. <laughs> Do it. No, but we said it too. Like everything you do should be out of passion. Like this podcast when we started, it wasn't about getting famous and getting followers mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's like if one person listens, that's one more than listened to us before. So that's what matters, right? So one kid picks his book up, one kid becomes a doctor. Like that's what it should be exactly. more. Changing one kid's life. Right? But I also think that's what leads to the success too, is that if your goal is to solely be successful, then you're chasing after something that's arbitrary because everyone has a different definition of success, right? That's it. No, I think that's a great. So point. I love that. Yeah. yeah my perfect. thought is, is that if you're passionate about something and it makes you happy to be doing it, one, you're going to be spending more time doing it. You're going to have more energy. Like for me, I'm so happy with what I'm doing every day. I gladly wake up at 6 a.m. and I'll go at it until like I actually cannot anymore, you know, because I love what I'm doing. And that's putting in those hours and putting in that passion is what allows you to build that talent and that skill set. You know, I didn't wake up one day and decide, hey, I'm going to be an artist and I'm going to be able to write a book. Like I put time and hours into that, right? You guys plan out your podcast and you do your research. Mm -hmm. So, but the reason why you do that is because you love it. So, so you know what? I'm going to practice singing. Yeah. And my album's coming out. Never mind the book next year. My album's coming out 2020. I feel like singing is the one exception, though. I, yeah, I will say. Okay, hold on a second. Let's be also fair here. You can, you know what? No, sorry. I was going to say, like, this is one thing. Like, she, you know, you built up art and got, honed your skill yeah, she, and, and then did something, good. She right? has talent in it. Also has experience with med. Like, so kind of in this thing. You're going up against, like, you think about it. You're going to create an If it's one person listens to it, then mission accomplished. But you would listen. Uh, for a little bit. <laughs> right? You're probably heard of it. But but you're going up against, like, actually, you know what? It makes you happy and enjoy it. Just do, do it. it. Just do it. My hey, album coming out. People Just don't need to listen album. for it to be worth it. Album coming out 2020. Why an album? Why not paint? <laughs> nah, I'm album. My painting's already done. I already painted <laughs> I'm good. I got, I got mine. No. Um, Stay tuned. Ricky, the entrepreneur, <laughs> podcaster, rapper, painter. I wouldn't rap. I would say. I'm imagining him creating like this painting and then doing like a vocal <laughs> interpretation. <laughs> You'd be a two-way <laughs> artist, a this contemporary would, artist. This would hurt your eyes and your ears. <laughs> your painting's not terrible. Your singing, yeah. I say, is worse Honestly, than the painting. I did my paint again tonight. But his painting's small. Like the big one might be <laughs> blinding. <laughs> you never know. You never know. 
<laughs> you know what, pal? I will support you. And if you sell it, I'll buy it. One dollar, but like maybe a couple of First bid. First bid. I'll bid. I would bid on it. I would maybe not, hopefully, not be stuck with it, but I'll bid on it. <laughs> and if it goes to charity, I will support you. I will, I, you know, I'll support anything you do. I'm, I'm if, you're, a, if you I'm become a rapper, I will do a cameo on your songs too. There, a cameo? You mean a, uh, a feature? Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Anyways, the pal. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah, George, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I think this has been a, a good chat. This is. Uh, Learned a lot. I had some good laughs too. And I, I, again, to repeat this, I say again all the time, we love when people do stuff like this, you know, take a, a negative and turn it into such a positive. And I think this is literally the definition of, of doing that. You, you took something you're passionate about, your art, you found the problem that existed and you found a way to solve it. So congrats to you for this because this is literally amazing. It's called Patty and the Pandemic. On uh, the website is www.pattyandthepandemic.org. Instagram is at Patty and the Pandemic, and Twitter pa- Pandemic Patty underscore. <laughs> Just go to PattyandThePandemic.com. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> or purchase the book, and then you can see it on the back. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, if they want to purchase it, what's the, the website? Website. Yeah, so you can purchase it at PattyandThePandemic.org, and now it's also available on Amazon. So oh, very oh, cool. Wow. That nice. makes things a little easier. Guys, yeah. come if you've watched this video, you made this far. Go to Amazon, buy it. It'll get delivered to your door, right? Amazon. Yeah, delivery. it'll get delivered. To Easy. You. <laughs> I don't know. Stupid question. If you I ordered, I ordered address. Like 10, books, 10 books from Amazon last week. And I, I love it. I love, okay. Oh, yeah, so sorry. we've got two questions. We always ask every single guest. Have you listened to the podcast before? I didn't hear the ending questions. No one does. Don't worry. I love it. Don't don't <laughs> if there was a movie about your life, who would you want to star as you? It could be anyone from any given point in time. Can it be Patty? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. So you, do, you if you're a movie about your life, it'd be like a cartoon movie and you have Patty stars you? Yeah. That's we've never had that cool. answer yeah i would like i like that that's good i would love it for i would love my life to be like a cartoon because then it would be something that would just be like totally surreal it's very know. interesting i love no it. one's ever given that answer before no, no one's ever that's said cartoon unique. yeah um like the last question if you can give one piece of advice to your younger self what would it be um that's a difficult one I guess what I would say is to just kind of have fun with everything that you do. Honestly, like what we were saying earlier, just don't stress about it and just kind of do what makes you happy. When, when did you start to realize that? Like, was it something that you kind of knew when you were younger or did it come to you at a certain <coughs> point in life? Um, I think there was like growing up when you're in like high school and everything, everyone's always like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I constantly put so much thought into what would make me happy rather than simply just doing the things that make you happy. So rather than like, overthinking it reflecting on it and kind of like the like kind of thinking about what will do it just kind of do it and follow your heart and then just trust the fact that it'll bring you to where you should be good advice i like love it. it love it that was great nicole if people want to find out more about you not the book where can they go um well, i guess you can go on my website nicolecreamy.com or on instagram i'm at nicole creamy or at nicole creamy art perfect well we'll tag awesome. all the uh the plugs in the in the episode and again thanks for coming on this was a great oh, fun it's my shot. pleasure it's yeah. nice to you. all right so again like george you said earlier if you made it this far don't forget to subscribe leave us a review share this with your friends buy the book and that is all for now signing off pals cheers Peace. you like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain and i don't remember all of my mistakes and every i got alone no one thing You're not alright I'm not alright